Hello and welcome back to Get In My Basket and welcome back to my crinkled t-shirt. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those watching on YouTube, I haven't ironed my t-shirt and it's um, it's quite crinkled. I'm joined by Jam as always. How are you, sir? I'm very good. You're looking much more formal than me. I'm wearing my new jacket. It's a Kith number, isn't it? Kith Nike collab. You quite like that, don't you? Mm. Very well. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, and as always, thank you for everyone that's subscribing, liking. We've been very consistent more consistent than we've ever been before, um, which is good. So uh, we shall continue. Um, this week, we've got a big topic to crash. Crash? Crash. Um, but before we get into that, how's your week been, sir? It's been good. Mm-hmm. We've been doing a lot of podcasting, so <coughs> we have. my life is you're lacking off to the, updates at this point. I'm going mm, on holiday. You're off to good. the slopes, which is why we're pre-recording Skin. some stuff. Yeah. Mm. And next week, you're not here for the podcast. No, and there's... We're joined by quite the guest. (laughs) Yes, for those uh, waiting and ready, um, one of our new team members, um, the the Spanish Spanish man in the team, part Spanish, half Spanish. I think he he overstates his Spanishness. Yeah, but Hector will be joining us um, from our team who's recently joined the business, so we thought it'd be good to get him on while Jamie's away and entertain the audience. He loves the camera. He loves it. But, um, But yeah, he'll be on, so... Tune in next week for that. But your your how's your week been? How's how's life at three three for you? It's very good. We're gearing up. Well, I'm spending most of today gearing up for our first event. Yep, which is coming in a couple of weeks' time. Which is very exciting, um, actually. It's yep. a private event, so yeah, the ten people that listen to this podcast can't come. But no, you know. they, they might get opened up to the floor in uh, in Maybe. due course. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we've got some clients and some potential clients coming to listen to us natter on about creating and amplifying in 2022 which yep. will be an exciting um an exciting event yep and what else is happening we've got dogs arriving shortly yeah more dogs coming into the office anything work-wise more work related <laughs> more work related that was what i was scrambling around we have actually made of. some very exciting hires this week which we can't really we have, talk about we have yet three new starters on monday yes we do when neither of us are here no, for the first time ever in, well, I think since you joined, yeah, well, obviously since you joined, uh, on Monday coming, neither of us will be here for a day. I think it'll be fine. We've got a solid team at 303 that are going to do their thing. Might be more, more efficient. Yeah, it might be, yeah. Um, well, very good. I'm, uh, I've had a good week. What Been, you know? I mean, a lot of, lot of building teams, which is becoming very Hiring. exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, as we always say, we're building out quite a few exciting service lines and, and various things, um, which should be good. Mm. Very good. It's actually the first day of F1 testing today. So for those that know what day that is, it's What today. were they calling the old F1 thing? Oh. Shakedown. The one before was, testing, was a shakedown. Yeah. It was just testing, but um, that shakedown in Sakia, um, and now they're in Barcelona, Barcelona, um, there's been lots of developments. Mercedes I'm, have just got a completely different car. Like, completely different. I'm excited to see how you try to wean F1 into our DTC-related podcast. Mm. Because mm. you will do it. Yes. Because for some reason, you love talking about F1 publicly. I honestly... I think it's because you I back your well. opinions to the nth. Mm-hmm. When... I, are I, they often right? Yeah, often. Mm. They are often right. Name one that was wrong. To be fair, I did get... I mean, I can do that if you want me to. <laughs> An F1 opinion that was wrong, go. Go. There were a lot. Go for one. You said, well, you said Mazepin was going to race this season. No, in theory, I said he's not going to race and he's he not racing he's, for he a good reason. No, I said he wouldn't race. I he said, said he'd he be gone. He would because he thought, he thought Haas was prop- being propped up by him. I mean, there was an element of that. So yeah, I will have that. I'm actually very happy he's not racing for Likewise. more reasons than the, the obvious. It would be um, interesting to see if there is any form of overlap between our current audience and F1 enthusiasts. 
before we start mm. scudding into that. Yeah, we'll, well, let us know in the comments. And Consumer we'll testing. See. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, it started today, so I'll be having that on a little corner in the background as I corrected my things. Um, but no, we've also had a lot of new subscribers to the newsletter. It's been growing. There is a, a nice base of people who are joining our thesis every every Friday afternoon. Um, so yeah, thanks for those new subscribers for, for joining. Um, I hope you're getting some value. Um, I didn't realize as well, you can actually respond to the podcast by just replying to the email. So if you have any feedback, if you hate it, if you love it, anything you want to ask a question on, you can literally just reply to the email and we'll get back to you. There we should go. put a Q&A section into the podcast at, at the point in which yes. we have enough. Yeah, when there's enough people engaged in our uh, literature, we will open that up. <laughs> so when you teach like a 10-year-old a new word and they just literally will not stop using it, Mate, <laughs> honestly, regardless of the context. I've never written as much as I have for this fucking newsletter. <laughs> I love it. It's fun. I enjoy writing them, but there is an element where like I've written Do you know more. who doesn't enjoy you writing them? It, yeah. Mimi proofreading yeah. them no. is trouble. But yeah, Mimi, our marketing manager, does not enjoy my... Uh, thesaurus work oh god <laughs> um, tell everyone briefly about jasper jasper.ai yeah actually this is probably a good this is yeah i will so about three no pre-christmas um i was served an ad for something called jarvis which obviously being a slight marvel nerd i was like oh oh it's jarvis and it's ai i was like maybe they've Brow Ironman tech. This is exciting. And I thought I was basically signing up for like tech that I could put in my car and it would drive the car and like rockets and shit would fire out the side and it'd be flames. It wasn't that. It was for copywriting. Is it so, called Jarvis? Sorry. So I'm it was called, called Jarvis. Jarvis. And then I think about, I, I literally found it when it was Jarvis. And then two weeks later, it was called Jasper. I think because of Marvel. I think Marvel have trademarked Jarvis as a not a phrase but like and not a name but like some form Sub of brand or yeah. Uh, yeah I think I, I was actually <clears throat> reading something about it I think they changed it because <clears throat> um, you can't use Jarvis in the form of like artificial I think that's the connection that they anyway right. it's changed to jasper.ai and jasper.ai I, I honestly don't understand how it works I'm there's a lot of tech out there where you can plug in some copy that you want to use and you can say here's 50 words and I want it to sound more engaging or I want it to sound less formal or more formal or whatever, whatever yeah. the hell you want. Copywriters have been using it for a long time in different forms and I've used a few versions being not the best writer in the world in the past, like many moons ago. This is five years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is another one of those apps that doesn't do a lot. It's going to be thousands of pounds a month. It won't work. But whoever's built this has done a bloody good job because it is incredible. And they've built a lot of templates. So they've got a lot of stuff for ads. Um, they've got a lot of stuff for SEO. They've even got blog writing and readability. So if you've got, let's say you've written a paragraph and there's like pretty much one sentence, you can plug it in and they'll make it more readable, which does actually help with SEO, but equally helps with just making the content engaging. Yeah. So I've shown some of the guys on the paid team um, that are having a look at it, but I've been I've been using it quite a lot. Not for the newsletter, I do have to say, because Mimi is my Jarvis. She does it for me. But um, yeah, I, it is quite clever. So do have a look. It's uh, jasper.ai. Um, there's like a 30 day free trial, but I think there are a lot of, in, in our world, and members of our team spend all day writing. You know, they could spend two, three days a week mm. solidly writing copy for, in various different forms, whether it be for newsletters, whether it be for ad copy, whether it be for, you know, websites. Um, 
And I believe that there are some very good copywriters in the world. However, I think that this tech allows you to not have to use so much brain power and also use what works. Like, for example, I won't say the client was, we were testing it yesterday. We put in the brand name to a Facebook ad template. So you basically put brand name, the copy you currently have, and then the tone of voice you want it to be developed into. And it somehow had accessed the site and had pulled it was a, like a safety statistic almost. Um, and it pulled some information that we hadn't given it, obviously from the site somehow, it's but clever, we didn't even put the, like, it's mad. I mean, I think also just to carry all this, I have also put some shit in and it hasn't worked at all. Mm. And I think that's where we are with AI, but <clears throat> reading more about the, on their site, I think the more people are using it, the more text developing, that's very common with AI. It learns, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Quite interesting. Not, that's actually not in the newsletter. So I've given you a, a scoop. Is that bonus a, scoop. A bonus scoop. Bonus round. Um, later. Yeah. But today's big topic is really about subscriptions. And I have a feeling that you are gearing up to go in on this topic. Am I right? I have some opinions. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to have a bit more lead access here. Um, yeah, so... Subscriptions is the topic of conversation for today. But before we get into the actual main bulk of it, we we should mention the brand that we have highlighted this week, which is? In the What's Hot section. In the What's Hot. Uh, it is Estrid. Indeed. And tell us a little more about Estrid. Estrid is a razor shaving related company that I guess is, as a lot of them do, gone into more of a self-care yep. type brand. And I think what's what we all really like about it is it's, really sort of demasculinated. Mm-hmm. So the Dollar Shave Clubs, the Harrys of the world, yeah. are very obviously for someone. Mm-hmm. And Estrid do an awesome job of creating content, writing copy, and their general tone and like demeanour is much more with for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of your super inclusive. Yeah, super inclusive. So um so yeah, the the creative and the brand looks pretty epic. Like mm. um very sort of very millennial geared design yeah. and um, kind of user experience on the site. Socials are very nice as well. The community manager definitely does a good job. Yeah, for sure. Kind of, it's really like pulled together. I think it's yeah. one of those brands that, and there's, there's a few of them, but some people get it so wrong. Your website doesn't match your socials and you yeah, have yeah, a yeah. disconnect. Whereas like everything that they're doing from, you know, the ad library to yeah. their pages, everything feels like they really understand their brand. And I think it's really uncommon that people don't, right? People start these brands and they think they know what it is, but actually it's something completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and these guys feel like they're super connected with all of it, um, for sure, which is which is really nice to see. Which is very good. But yeah, I think um, I think they sort of are on the sort of coattails, if you like, of a trend, which obviously we'll come on to in subscriptions and specifically subscription raises. Yeah. And I think what they've done is very smart. And I think you'll start to see it in a number of different things, like where someone goes into the market very specifically for someone. Yeah. And I don't think millennials and especially not Gen Z are as receptive of being told who something's for. Mm. Like there's much more scope for people to be like choosing it under their own, under their own steam as opposed to going, this is for you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a really cool thing. And they've definitely got to that trend quite early. Mm. Um, and yeah, made, I think the big thing for me on it, is a very good example, best I've seen in a while of like the community element. It's quite, again, we'll come on to it once more with subscriptions, but it's sometimes a bit tenuous how people try and drive that community feel. Yeah. And it feels all a bit contrived, whereas with them it actually feels like all fairly organic, feels mm. like people are really 
invested in the brand and therefore the lifetime value and all the stuff that comes with good subscription businesses yeah. will thrive. Um, but yeah, cool brand worth checking out. I think they're from, they're based in Stockholm. Yeah, which is really, I mean, yeah, they, they've, just, the only other thing I wanted to touch on is their packaging, which I think is, I mean, it's really changed. Like, I think two, two, three years ago, people were really just not thinking about that. Like yeah. how, th- how the product arrives, the, the experience of that. I think a lot more people were literally pay, spending thousands of pounds on like influencer gifting because it was being shown on social and not actually, and then the actual customer would get like a brown paper box. Mm. Whereas um, I've seen some images of the, of the packaging on their socials and, and some of the stuff they're tagged in and it looks just so well put together. It's all, all vegan, cruelty-free. They thought about everything. Recyclable. Like, I, I really want to see those guys just grow and grow and grow and succeed. It's, it's an amazing brand that's doing a lot of stuff. But, um, but yeah, I think my thoughts are it's just very well thought out. They're really thinking about every angle. And it's hard, you know, to be so inclusive for everyone. They're obviously trying to hit so many different people at the same time mm. um, with, you know, different different needs almost that the they extent, have. Almost to the extent that they're trying to hit absolutely no one. They're just it's trying kind of to that thing, put it right? out into the ether. And yeah, yeah, completely. And like, that's really, that's really hard to do. Mm. Um, you know, everyone's, everyone's got different needs of a brand like that. So yeah, Epic Brand, do go take a look at them. There's more of them in the newsletter. So if you haven't subscribed to that, please do. And if you want to read that newsletter as well, because it's already gone out, you can head over to our website, 303.london. Cool. Well, we've spoke, we've got a subscription brand. I'm actually warming up to this. I mean, I feel, I feel like I've got something, to... I've got something in my eye, Have which you? is why I'm, having a malfunction (laughs) so subscriptions Mm. first thing i want to touch on for the podcast is that you have got a lot of experience in this world Mm. the first thing is to say life before 303 um at the brand you used to work for um very nice brand actually had one of their products this morning um at press you spent a lot of time with subscriptions. Um, they had a Shopify, Shopify site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of world with recharge. Every time I say recharge to you, honestly, there's like a small twitch in your eye that just sort of flickers. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but you've, you've done a, you've worked brand side for a subscription, not based brand, but heavily, heavily based yep. brand for subscription. Um, talk to us about the brand side first. What's it like being brand side? If you are a subscription business, give us the insights. Well, I, th- I think, I think subscription is a very glamorized thing. Like who wouldn't want to have recurring monthly income? Yeah. From a, from a business from perspective. From a brand perspective. Yeah. Like who wouldn't want that? And, you know, you don't have to constantly be thinking about acquiring. You just need to be thinking about building much in the way that we've just spoken about Estrid. They've got a great brand. They've, they're driving community. Yeah. All of that will piggyback the fact that their CPA and their cost of acquisition, I guess, will go down, mm-hmm. um, and their user base will keep growing. Yeah. So I think from from the brand side, it's super desirable, and it's definitely glamorized. Like people, yeah, it's it's definitely put on a bit of a pedestal. Like, yeah. And I think especially for the last te- like five to ten years, it was the thing. People like, are going, oh, let's make a subscription based business where we only need to get. 10,000 subscribers yeah. and then we're set for I, life I, and then we can yeah. go and raise money or we can sell because we have the, the acquisition. I, I genuinely think people thought, oh, subscription's a good idea. Yeah. Then let's try and find a business that we could make subscription <clears throat> as opposed to going, I want to start a chair business. Let's make a subscription yeah, or whatever. Um, and from a brand effect. perspective, being like, you know, the, the many people listening right now that are like on the more they are on the brand side but they don't have a subscription or equally they're thinking about it and they're wondering why. And on the other side of the fence is probably consumers going, why, 
why should I even think about the subscription offering? Yeah. From a brand side, what's what's the biggest upside to a subscription based? You know, I'm going to say subscription based business for the rest of the podcast, but mm. I realize a lot of them also have other alternatives, which we'll come on to of one off purchasing. Yeah. But a subscription based business, what's the benefit to the business itself and how can that affect the, the consumer? Well, the, I think the, the biggest thing is that you've got the relationship, you own all of the first party data. Yeah. And if so, if you subscribe to get, you know, a drop of juice per month, yeah. every month, there is also the ability that when new products come out, we can send you an email saying, try this new product or sure. we'll add this to your next delivery or mm-hmm. there's loads of upsell opportunities effectively. Yep. Um, and again, you don't have to constantly be thinking about acquisition. You can think about retention, lifetime value increase and and yeah, the, the upsell process is a bit of a harsh sort of commercial term. Yeah. But I guess giving value to your users that make them even more enfranchised and buying them in even more. So So I guess what you're saying is in the dream space, let's say you're a startup DC brand, you get five hundred subscribers and from those five hundred subscribers you once they've signed in and you've acquired them, you could then spend most of your time making well, yeah, sure they stay, making yeah. sure they're, you know, I guess, maybe increasing their average order, whatever it might be. Yeah, if you, if you think about it and like really, and like there's a lot of like, it's semi-transferable to a lot of other businesses like agencies as well, if people do project-based versus retained work. Mm. But in really basic terms, if you've got 500 users yep. month one yep. and you're a subscription-based business, you've got 500 month two mm-hmm. and month three mm-hmm. and month four. And there'll be some churn, but good subscription businesses will only have, you know, 5% a month, yep. if that. Um, the 5% bad, of their audience leave. Yeah. yeah. So if it's 500, they've still got 475. And it like and, and as you quick keep mass. acquiring, yeah, quick mass, as you keep acquiring, you're sort of, you know, yeah. in theory, it's quite easy. To, mitigates against whatever. Totally. And, and that lifetime value stretch is good. Whereas if you're a project based, or sorry, not project based, if you're a one-off purchasing thing, confuse myself with an agency term now, but if you're one-off, you've got 500 month one, yeah. you then need to find 500 more month two to keep flat yeah. and three and four. And yeah. if you want to grow, suddenly you've got to find... Five fifty six mm-hmm. seven, you know, whatever it might be. And how do how do how do you think you know being brand side? It's one thing I've never been, so it's it's always interesting. As much as I've worked very closely with a lot of brands on this, um, from that perspective, what what do you think the ideal setup is? How to integrate your subscription model? So let me play out two options. Option one is you're just on the subscriptions and you're looking to spend all your marketing efforts, all your acquisition time at growing that subscription number, Mm. or do you think it is having a subscription option, but also making sure you're still there for the the one-off purchase? Would you flatline it? doesn't matter about industry, just mainly thinking about DTC, I guess, at the moment. Do you think there's a preference, or is it so dependent on, on brand, product, offering, all that kind of stuff? I'll answer. I'll answer the question with a bit of a question because I think this is giving giving rise to my big opinion and like change of thought on I'm this. Bu- I'm building towards is that. If you were a if you were claiming to be a subscription business, yep. and you didn't do subscription only, yeah, do you not have to question why you're not doing that? That is where I wanted you to get to, my lamb. But you've got there very fast. And I guess that's the big conversation for today, right? Is why are people subscription businesses? What is the benefit? Because in my eyes, from a consumer perspective, you know, take take the marketer out of me for a second, I guess. But from a from a pure consumer angle, 
I subscribe, like I've subscribed to Gusto, the food delivery service. I've been subscribed to them now for two and a half years straight. Never, I think one time a delivery didn't come because I was away or whatever it might be. But if it does come, I still give it to my family or mm. I give it to a mate or whatever it might be. I've been subscribed for a long time. And the reason why I'm subscribed is two. The one is the convenience. I have, for me and my girlfriend, we have four meals delivered every single Monday for the week, meaning that one of those days we're probably going out if it's Friday or whatever it might be, or we want something else like a pasta or something similar. Yeah. So there's a convenience aspect, which is the biggest reason for me on subscription. Like yeah. that is my number one. The second one on that version is price. I know that I think I pay 34 quid a month, a week or something for effectively eight meals. Yep. A little plug here for you, Gusto. I'll send you an invoice. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't think that would be, I no, don't think that's uh, what the post. They will tell me to fuck off. Um, but yeah, like the biggest thing for us is convenience and the price. We know that with our kind of like outgoing budget, that works very nicely. That works for us. We're going to get the food. Now look, we do waste a lot. We don't eat some of the meals. We don't always select them. We have an app where you can choose the meals or the algorithm chooses them. We've had a few like odd things with product. Like we've had a few rank pieces of meat come through the door. Um, we've definitely wasted, I reckon out on an average, we probably waste one meal a week. So we could probably have three, we could probably have less, but like whatever. It, for us, the reason why we've been, like my LTV for Gusto is two and a half years which is a long time, right? For a 34 pound a month product. Jimmy's going to do some quick math. It actually tells me on the app, hold on. It tells me here. This is quite clever. This is quite useful consumer insights. Uh, where is it? Sorry, I'm just trying to find how much I've spent with Gusto. Okay, is the maths I've just done. Account details. Oh, you can see it somewhere. Home? No. Cookbook. Oh, I'm panicking. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I pay thir- I pay thirty four ninety nine a month. I get four meals. It's four pound thirty seven per serving. I think you spend about good. five grand with Gusto. So I spend a lot on food with a, with a service like that, right? And I'll go back to the reasons why, and this is what I think is wrong with the subscription thought process within D 2 C. Is I'm there conf- conf- for convenience, and I'm there for a price. Those are the two things that need to pair up in my head for subscription. If they don't pair up, and to be honest, I think it's the first one that's more important on convenience. If they don't pair up, no one's really going to go in for the subscription. I've, I think there are I've l- one earlier than that. Hit me with it. Food, yes, is something that people recurringly require. Yes. The amount of subscription businesses that I now see, yeah. where there is no no need for a recurring element. To you don't them. need it for the. You just simply like three months. You know, it's the length of the product. I break my cover with where I'm at with this. You can in one second. I guess what what the the topic that I want to get us into, which I'm sure you're about to go into, but just to make sure we're aligned here, is should every D to C brand be on subscri- use a subscription model? Every, no matter what you do, if you sell direct to consumer, no. and I think our answer is no. And now you can explain why. My my thought genuinely with subscription businesses. Yep. And again, this is like it's had a lead up of like five years, so everyone's been like sat there getting greedy basically in my mind yeah and i think people have gone and this is very much in tandem with my other biggest beer and bonnet thing at the moment which <laughs> is people glamorizing raising money and diluting all their equity <laughs> Let go steady which, is, which is it's very glamorous to say we're gonna get x subscribers at x cpa and they're just gonna keep on coming yeah and raising stupid money on a stupid valuation at that rate yeah and the reality of it 
having seen it firsthand with quite a few different businesses, not necessarily firsthand, actually, some quite often thirdhand, but we quite often see third-hand. that like the acquisition element yeah. is fine. Yeah. Like month one, month two, maybe even month three are fine. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly people realize that they don't need four candles arriving every month in the post or like I'm on holiday. I don't need the bunch of flowers that's now just going to sat outside my doorstep for, Completely. The month, for the month or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I think the biggest question that you have to ask yourself if you're about to do subscription on a genuine basis, because like I also think as we'll come on to, it informs all of your tech decisions. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot just go like, oh, let's just whack subscriptions on it if you want to take subscriptions seriously. And also just to jump in there, even if you are basic Shopify, want to add recharge, yeah. it seems, and don't get me wrong, we recommend it all the time for businesses that's right, but it's not just like you were managing, well, you had a, there was a team managing that side of um subscription model for press, right? Mm. They had a full team looking after that because there's issues. There's, you know, it's not perfect. There are other options now available, but like, it's not a simple tech. No. It's sold by the platforms is very simple, but it's not simple tech, right? Mm. Yeah, well, it's not. And like, you have to ask yourself why Shopify haven't created their own subscription service. It's probably because mm-hmm. it's an absolute pain in the ass and they don't yep. want to churn their clients yep. or their, you know, their partners that are on the platform. But, like the 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 question that you have to ask yourself on like an honest basis if you're about to start a subscription model business, which I think there is genuine place for. Yes. Like food obviously is a thing. There's Mindful Chef. There's things like Fresh Fitness Food. There's Gusto. Yep. There's all three of grand stuff. by the way. Is how much I spent. Three. Ninety two orders. That's a lot. That's obviously discounts and all that kind of stuff that you yep. get randomly. But it's a lot. LTV is long. But so food is a recurring thing that human beings need. That's yep. just a fact of life. Another one that I think is very good. <laughs> Thank you, fact of life. That is. I think another good one is dog food. Yeah. Especially for people that live in cities, traipsing a load of kibble in a massive bag through town when you don't have a car most of the time mm-hmm. and getting on the tube or getting on your bike or whatever, you don't want to do that. So brands like Tails, Button Up Box, those sorts of things do a really good job because they solve a problem. Yeah. And it's a thing that if, if you have a dog, you recurringly need food for the dog. Like I think Dollar Shave Club, Estrid, those sorts of things razors are really annoying to buy and yep. if you go to boots they're really expensive they're like yep. way overpriced but also how many people use razors for too long yeah they exactly. should be, you know like a lot of people use rusty razors which and is super yeah. dangerous like and the only reason they do this. that is because they haven't got a new one and it's equally do they need them every month is it and i think on estrid you can do like six weeks or eight yeah. weeks and stuff so there's a varying thing but they've thought about that which is key they haven't done one a week no like because that also especially a lot of these subscription models are then sustainable. Sustainable mm. impact is quite high. Like with Gusto, everything is cardboard. Yeah. But you can recycle all of it because I have to take a whole box down into recycling bin every week. Yeah. Some people see it as an inconvenience, but like the only bit of plastic is the ice bag. Yeah. And that's even that I think is, uh, what's the word for? It's being recycled, but you can't recycle it again. I can't remember the word for it. You know where plastic comes in, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, recycled, it but you actually can't recycle it again because it's been, there's a chemical around, I can't remember what it is. Right, but fair. you're like, still, they're super sustainable yeah. and they always make an effort. But, yeah, so I think, uh, as we said, like there are a few things, like the, the, the two for sure key things are convenience and price once yeah. you've asked yourself that question. Yeah. And then if we come to the reason why we think churn is, is as prominent as it is, mm is f- for me like 100% is to do with wastage. I've yeah. Everything I've ever subscribed to, I have pretty much cancelled, bar Netflix, Amazon Prime, 
few else. And I and think that's, that's the interesting thing, right? And like, I, I'm probably in the same same boat. I think we've, I think there's a lot of subscribing on Amazon, which I, we speak mm. about in the newsletter. Um, but I actually think it's flawed because we've done a lot. We I think we did like 10 subscriptions for this office. We had like some drinks, some snacks. We did, I actually did it just before this podcast. Like we spent a lot of cash on office snacks. It's something we give back to the team. You know, we probably spend close to a thousand pounds a month on, on food and snacks and drinks. And like, just so people have got something to work on if they're smashing out some good work here. But we used to subscribe to loads of them. Every single one of them is now gone after three months none of them survived because they ran out of product. So they didn't update Amazon. Yeah. Um, it never arrived. Like it just didn't get dispatched properly. And all of them, uh, I think half of them were FBA, half of them weren't. So fulfilled by Amazon, but they were all on subscription. They're all subscribed and saved. Some of them didn't even come the first time, but then some of them came twice and then that was it. And this so, is Amazon. This is obviously Amazon, which we actually do recommend using Amazon subscribe to say, which is slightly contradictory, but on the proviso, and I guess this is another big aspect of keeping LTV in subscription models is if you're going to be subscription based, look after those subscribers, nourish them, make sure they feel value. Make sure like, I know I'm using Gusto a lot here, but it's the only subscription I have that isn't tech. Like no. But Gusto, I would have churned 100% because my schedule's, Different, like, yeah, yeah. More unpredictable. It worked, but also, I live with someone else. Point. Like, yeah, yeah. No. and it's like, yeah, you're you've got like the ritual of it has become a habitual thing, which again, I think is a massive thing. But and this is something that we see across the board. Like, people start like if you start missing slots, mm. you start having double the amount of stuff, and people now are so anti waste as they yeah. should be that that is a really really big turn off. So I think that's that's for sure true. The nurturing thing is for sure also interesting because like mm. the like the variety as you say like how hard a gusto and people like that working to keep stuff fresh i mean like it's crazy. repetitiveness it's is, crazy again, like, they, issue, like they have their staples that like you can we've had i think we've had after 92 orders as i just found out we've um it's not on by the way it wasn't on that it was on monzo you can it's good monzo it's fucking clever mm. um but yeah so uh we we've had some of the same things multiple times but equally the algorithm recommends them back to us because we haven't, you can blacklist stuff. You can say, yeah. I don't want that again. Can you rate stuff? Yeah, you can rate stuff. And like yeah. they, but again, they've like, how many times can you, what, how much stuff can you do with chicken? They have done so much with chicken and that's why I've stayed on the service. Equally, everything comes separately. So if like, I don't want that dish, but I've got some chicken and whatever. And I'm like, cool. I'm re- relatively skilled in the kitchen, you will know. Um, and I can just throw something together. I actually did that last night. I didn't want it. So I just put a load of, fred- um, load of the vegetables in the oven, made some chicken. I had something like really simple and easy. A nice little um, patatas bravas on the side. Very nice. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of like where I feel looked after. And I guess what I was trying to get onto is as a consumer, we get like snacks every so often. We get like a little sweet or we get like Valentine's Day. There's like a, like it, you feel like you're part of this little community. Mm. I never speak to anyone about it, apart from on a podcast and occasionally to people at work. Um, but I know loads of people on it. And I think the best thing with that subscription, which I think is where HelloFresh and their competitors have won, is the big red box outside on the street mm. is just free advertising all the time, yeah. um, which is really nice. So moving slightly away from my favorite brand that I eat from every day, mm. are there any upsides to subscription models? Because I feel like we are going, 
I think our message at the moment is think before you go down the road. Well, the I, think, route. I think like to play out the worst case scenario before we go on to the, the best case mm. is what you can end up doing is acquiring loads of customers yep. and then pissing them off. Yes. And then di- disenfranchising them from the brand entirely. Yeah. And then... You, you are toast. Like, Completely and we toast. have seen yeah. that happen to businesses. Yep. Like, you you spend too much on, and this is the, this is the actual death of the business from a commercial standpoint. What people do is allow themselves a much more expensive cost of acquisition yes. on the assumption of lifetime value. So, so just to break those down, yeah, so, non. So we understand that if you know that your product costs a hundred quid, yes, a lot. Like, let's just use arbitrary numbers brands might be happy to spend 20 quid on acquiring them because they know that their costs of everything over over the top are 50 quid and they've got 30 quid of margin out of yep. 100, 30%, yep. whatever. If they know that it's 100 quid and it's a subscription that's going to come on average four times or their assumption is that it will be four months worth mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. that's suddenly 400 quid. Yep. So they might say that, uh, no, that CPA of 20 quid or whatever I just said could actually be 120 quid. Yep. And if they say that and then the subscription actually churns after one month mm-hmm. or two, mm-hmm. you've spent 120 quid on either getting 100 or 200 quid's worth of revenue and you make no money and then you burn through all the cash that you've raised at your stupid valuation yes. and then you die. Yeah. So oh, it's quite, like, quite the joke. But that but literally happens regularly. And that's like, happening to startups. So like our um, amazing client, Fresh Fitness Food, they've been around for a long time. They have experts that are doing like from a food perspective, but they also spend a long time on looking after their community. Yeah. super community based they've had people on and off service they've had people on it for years like it's all over their socials you see the same faces that have been you know massive champ- like brand yeah. champions of it um, and if you can achieve genuine products. lifetime value go for it with for subscriptions sure. just go for it but don't start a new brand this year and plow straight into I'm subscription model only and I don't care how much I just, I just think every, yeah you have to plan for the scenario that I just explained which is either build yourself a business that, you know, there's a minimal subscri- minimum sc- subscription time of yeah. 60 days or 90 days or whatever it might be, um, or allow yourself a very cheap acquisition cost, basically. Yeah. So that's kind of the worst case. On the on the flip, there yeah. are such good use cases of where this goes brilliantly well, obviously. Sure. Like Netflix, what's the average lifetime value of that? It's indefinite and unknown. Spotify, the same. I think also with tech... I think that's where, because what I was trying to say earlier is that I've, I've had been in so many conversations and meetings with startup brands or brands that are moving to pivot into this over the last couple of years, to be honest, especially through COVID, where they go, oh, it's the Netflix model. Yeah. And I'm like, it is from a cash perspective. It's not from a convenience perspective. And that is the biggest factor that I think, I, to be honest, there was, a, there was not too long ago that I was saying that. And I kind of had this realization of like, well, Hold on a second. Netflix is tech platform, and for fourteen ninety nine in the UK, I think is rough Netflix. price. Yeah, nine ninety nine. I think it's nine ninety nine. Under twenty quid a month, you get access to a fuckload of stuff at any time of the day. No on any device, what, you can add different users. Like yeah. it's so convenient, like so 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 convenient on that front. And there is no churn, is there really? Like, what, the, I, why do you know wouldn't what, you keep? Well, I think I. Well, I was like, I think the reasons for churn are interesting when you like start to think of the ones that, again, you've decided the subscription model is yeah. plausible from a product perspective. It yeah. is convenient. It is price efficient. Yeah. Whatever. So, I guess tech to to kick off tech. 
Netflix's churn will probably come about because of like Disney Plus or Amazon Prime mm. if they invest more on original content that yes. you want to see. Yeah. And then if you're paying for Prime, Disney Plus and Netflix, which I think a weird amount of people do. I do. You do. Yeah. I pay for Prime and Netflix. So maybe that is that's already quite a lot of money. You you might get to a point where you're like, mm, that's too much money. Yeah. 30 quid a month by the time all said and done, you're spending 400 quid a year on it. But that's just touching on this very briefly because we could go on this all day. That's where I think Amazon and Disney have both won the the approach because Amazon included with the delivery. So if you get Amazon Prime delivery, you get Amazon Prime video, which means that's the reason why, why I don't want to cancel my Prime and I get it with it anyway, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Equally with Disney, their buying of rights on films is just so clever. And to be honest, even with Apple TV, th- there's so many streaming platforms and that's a subscription model. Yeah, streaming's about, a thing. But yeah. like, I think they all try and niche themselves out. We have this content. You know, Amazon is one where they do have a lot of things on Netflix, mm. but it's not the way around. Like, it's all really different. But... I guess my 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 question to you is we're talking saying that like you're when you're subscribing to something that you don't really need to think about it's not really that much of a problem but when it's coming through your door and you've got 10 subscriptions for dog food food for you um clothing you know toiletries whatever it might be do you not think there's going to get a point where like households are going to have a delivery every day of something yeah. new well I think I think the example I was going to give for that exact thing was my dad's had this gin subscription thing. Yeah. Where every month he gets a new bottle of gin. Yeah. Like a snack and some nice mixer yeah. to go with it. Cool idea. And he really enjoyed it for, I reckon, six months, maybe nine. Yeah. But how many different... Well, firstly, by that point, you've got nine bottles of gin, which is... And you've only got nine months to drink them. And you've only had nine months to drink them on top of what you may have already had. And like, that's just quite a lot of booze. Yeah. Also, like, I think gin arguably is on a bit of a decline at this stage now anyway. But Mm. like, how many iterations of juniper with some random flavorings can you actually go through? And also all the the big ones, all the big boys are taking over. Yeah. So I I do think there's like, what what you start to feel like an awareness of is like almost subscription fatigue, Mm. which is like... And the, the reasons for churning are like are, are numerous. I think the biggest is wastage, but then like boredom is a huge one. Like yeah. I don't want more and more and more gin. Like right. I'm bored of gin. Like I've got enough gin. And the fix is really to be less consistent in a weird way. Potentially, the yeah. Maybe it's quarterly. And that's, that's how you stretch so it. If out. you're a small boutique gin brand, it's not to be like, we'll deliver you a bottle every month. It's actually our delivery is our gin, which is a standard gin, and we give a mixer and a, and a yeah. kit actually, we know you don't need it every month. We'll go for mm. three months and it means you don't lose them. Because yeah. if you look at it over a year period, there's an argument to say, what would you prefer? A customer who's going to be with you for six months of the first half of the year or a customer that's going to be with you for the four months but still love your brand yeah. and possibly go on with you. So I, I think in, in trying to answer a question, which is like, what's a subscription brand that has no ceiling? Yeah. For me, it would be something like Roll or bleach yeah like who gives a crap like who gives a crap does an awesome job but like it would be a brand where there is no threat of boredom there is no point at which in my life i'm gonna go gonna shake up my loo roll this month like fancy something different like obviously that's not happening because also we've all experienced running out of loo roll 
Yeah, you're playing to you're the, playing the to the psychology thing, of it. Yeah, the only thing that might happen is that you feel like you're stockpiling because you may have oversubscribed. But all you're going to do then is under like reduce your subscription. And amount. this is where brands need to really understand how they can alter subscriptions. Yeah. And this is kind of one thing we didn't really go into the in the newsletter because it was already quite long. But it's one I think main bit of advice that we will start to wrap up on now is that if you are in the subscription place, we are all for it. The things we would we would say is check the product. Is it convenient? Is it priced well? Is it going to be a convenience? Is it subscribable? Exactly, for sure. And on the other side of that, are people actually going to stay with you for a longer period of time because they've subscribed? Like, who gives a crap? Toilet roll, it arrives. You Mm -hmm. can go on and probably alter, I don't know if you can, but like, if you could go on and alter your subscription instead of leaving easily because this is another thing I talk about, is like most people don't subscribe because they can't figure out how to cancel it and they're scared of commitment. People are scared of commitment when it comes to product. They don't want to be committed for a long period of time. It's just not a thing, right? So be upfront as a brand. Say, look, you can subscribe or deliver your first month. After that delivery has been made, you can cancel any time. Because there are so many brands that it's impossible to like not uh, to cancel your subscription. And I've, I have personally have stories where I've had to go to my bank and block the payment. Yeah which is like the biggest turnoff for a brand. Yeah, I would stop taking my money. Equally, <laughs> like, yeah. if, I, if I left Gusto, I can pause it. I can pause, which is a great way to position yeah. it, which is effectively stopping it. If I paused and I can go back any time, I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just start up again. I'll just it's go, easy. like, it's easy. I think I would, I would personally say that 80% of D to, uh, D to C subscription brands are impossible to cancel. Included in that is cancelling Amazon subscriptions is very hard yeah. and it's concerning and it's how they, hard it is. And, and the reason for that and going back to the commercials to kind of round that up is is because their business ke- like model is reliant on you not doing that. Yeah. So they are suddenly up shit creek if you Maybe. suddenly go, nah, I'm going to pay cancel yeah, this sure. because they've, they've already gone in deep and spent 70 quid on acquiring you or whatever for it might sure. be. So definitely plan for the worst case scenario if you're the business owner doing this. Definitely. We are for subscriptions. We've had a bit of a in on them. We, you've let your feelings known. I think there's a huge opportunity with them. I think it's when the product is right, it's positioned well. The once someone is subscribed, they feel loved. You all, you can increase LTV by making someone feel special. That yeah. is pretty easy to do in very forms. Um, but the, but going to the start of it, I guess is our point. Make sure that product is subscribable. Scrabble is a new phrase we've invented. Very interesting. Quite a long one today. But um, I think we could carry on talking about this for a long time. If you do have any questions, do reach out either to us on LinkedIn or our emails are in the comments down below. Thank you again for subscribing to the podcast and also the newsletter. And if you haven't, you head over to 303.london and you can subscribe over there. Sir, thank you very much for joining. Have a nice time on the slopes. Thank we you. won't see you next week, but we'll see you in two Hopefully weeks. Injury, injury free. If you're sat here in a neck brace and two casts, it's going to be quite the podcast. Right. Thanks guys so much. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye.